Dude, let's kick this off the right way. Let me tell you something. Episode 10 starting hot. Dude, this is an unreal, like seriously, it's something you dream about and you're like, what is actually happening? That happened today, like today, right? So I'm driving home, right, from our gym session. Me yep. and Joe worked out today. You look a little bit less I'm wilty looking today. I'm a little bit, a little, a little bit sexy. less wilty. Listen to this. I pull in to my, like, we don't have a driveway. We like have street parking. I pull in and I see something weird out of the corner of my eye, like on the sidewalk. And I'm like, what is that? I look again and it's behind a car. It looks like a chihuahua. No, no joke. It looks like a chihuahua that like has bitten like a big like bush and like, like bitten off part of it and is dragging the leaves. Right. And I'm like, I know we, like some of our neighbors have dogs. I'm yeah. like, what? It it's, looks like it's dragging this huge leaf. And so I, I got to see what this is. It's like 50 feet in front of me. Very yeah. close. So I literally, I just get home. I get back in my car. I drive 50 feet, like literally 15 yards. Dude, no joke. It was a peacock. What? I'm not even, like, I can't even was make it, this Was up. it a male or a female one? Like, did it have all the colors? It had all the colors, Joe. And that's why I said, like, the brush, it looked like a dog was, like, carrying it. What? I, dude, I took a picture. I didn't you, know. Pe I knew people I didn't know peacocks me. existed in real life. Listen to this. I didn't. I've never seen a peacock even in a zoo. Never seen a peacock. And I look behind this car, and I'm like, "Is that a peacock?" And the peacock, literally, like I'm probably exaggerating, but I felt like he looked both ways and he crossed safe? the street. Look at this. Seriously. Here, I don't know if you could show like this to the. Oh, like, we'll, we'll throw it on the YouTube. What? I'm not even kidding. Like, this was a full-size, like, peacock. That's absurd. That's literally in the middle. Like, that's 50 feet from the from my house. That's oh, like... Wait. The little, like, feather tail Yeah, right thing. here. How that's what I'm saying. That looked, that, that looked like the brush. I only saw the feather tail dragging. That's and absurd. And I was like, that's a dog. And it's not a dog. It was a literal peacock. And the peacock's what, Joe? crossing the road in this photo it clearly, this photo was taken when that one value safety i can see how it's looking both ways when was this that photo was taken? taken at hold on let me look at the yeah you, go. you gotta look at the metadata on this let's pop it up see if he's telling the truth this was taken sunday march 5th 2023 3 19 p.m it was nuts that's wild so i go in it's one of those things where like i think on I'm an iphone 14 pro i think i'm dreaming and i walk what? in and my roommate and I'm like, dude, I just saw the craziest thing. So I can only imagine, right? Because peacocks aren't from Richmond, Virginia. Look at this. On, on the phone, it can like pop up with a bird thing to search. That. That's nuts. That's nuts. But they're not from Richmond, Virginia, obviously. So I, I can only imagine it's a pet. So I, I, did, I did research. I did research on do people make peacocks pets? Do that? And it's a legit thing. Like, there's an article I read that was like seven reasons to make a peacock your next pet. Like, so that a was a pet one, which is why they were trained to, to look both ways before they crossed the street. No, and it just where, where are they native to? to be a pet. Where Dude, are they native to? I have it. Let's look at right now. You ready? Yeah. Peacocks are native to India and Sri Lanka. The blue peacock, which I guess is the one I saw. An African rainforest. So obviously it's not Richmond, Virginia. Someone seriously had them as pets. I even read 
that they lay eggs and people eat those eggs. Like that's one of the reasons why people make peacocks their pets. Because you can eat the eggs. So I almost ran over a peacock in the road today. That's absurd. Yeah. So anyway, that was, I, I want to get your reaction because like that was my story today where I was on the way, I was on the way home from my workout and I was like, what? And my mind was just absolutely blown. Wow. Yeah. That was better. I, I had low hopes for this story. <laughs> this story was oh. nuts. So anyway. Dude, it still has nothing though on the Selena and Haley drama. I was about to say my segment was, <laughs> it still doesn't peacock like Haley Bieber did with Selena. So I, took I have a, no idea what that means. You ready? All. Because this is why. You ready? This is going to be 30 seconds. You ready? Okay, hit me. Selena posted a lose you to love me. And some of my friends are big Selena fans. They're going to enjoy this. October 2019. It was about Justin Bieber. And then Haley posted a song after that in 2019 saying like, I'll kill you or something like that. It was like, that was a song title, right? But it was obviously directed towards Selena. So after that, it kind of calmed down. They got, you know. So, uh, they made peace. They, I guess. And then in January 2023, Haley and Kendall Jenner posted a TikTok Lip singing the audio, I'm not saying she deserved it, but God's timing is always right, which coincided with Man. Selena facing a ton of body shaming. So they were like, ah, we're trying to be nice, we're trying to be nice. But then this is the last part. This is the weird was part. Was this the eyebrow part? This was the eyebrow part. Where Selena posted a video where she said that she had over-laminated eyebrows, which I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Literally, do, do you laminate your eyebrows? I guess. And Kylie Jenner posted a FaceTime screenshot with Haley and her eyebrows. And then Selena was reaching. And then Selena commented, it's all unnecessary. I'm a fan of Kylie. The only thing I'm going to say this, this is why I said she was peacocking, was because Haley Bieber lost a million followers I did from see this. that. Like, she went from like 50.7 million to 47 or 49.7, I think. I didn't know she had that many, but I just yeah, I mean, it puts it in perspective, wow, it but she still lost she 2% lost of her followers. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it just blows. Like, I don't know how much is true. The only reason I semi followed it because my girlfriend cares about it. And then oh, also, yeah, 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 that's the only reason I get into it at all. But also I am a big, big Justin Bieber fan. I know me too. And I, I was kind of like, I, I saw a couple headlines. I was like, mm -hmm. what's going on here? I, I struggle to get into when fans are reading so much into oh, everything because both of them have said at different times, granted, they might just be putting on a face or whatever, but they're like, we're fine. Leave us alone. I'm like, you guys are digging so much into their personal lives. Come on. hundred percent. I mean, they're just digging. That's like that tough. movie Holes, Shia LaBeouf. That's a good movie. <laughs> and did you ever watch Psych? I did not. No. Dulé Hill is in Psych as Burton Guster. Oh. Yeah. Speaking of Holes... Arnie Palmy. Oh, who made the most Arnie pots? Arnie Palmy alert. So I'm going to say one thing. What you got? To this. I don't know if you watched it at all, but I watched the back today. I did not watch today. it at all. It's fresh in my mind. So Kurt Kitayama, 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 won his first PJ Tour event. So, He's the one who choked in the first yes. tournament on uh, Full Swing, right? No. Where oh. Justin Thomas comes back and wins. No, you're thinking about uh, Mito, Mito Pereira. That's who I am thinking yeah. about. <laughs> There's no, no reason I thought about this. A, I thought you were about to say something crazy because he has choked. He's finished second place a couple times. Really? One to Roy McIlroy and one to, I forgot who the other guy was, but he's never won. 
right? A few years removed. He joined the PGA Tour a few years ago. Never won. Finally won. So good for him. He went to UNLV. Was his college. So like, good for him for winning. But I will say this. Jordan Spieth, who I wanted to win. You did. So bad. He was winning through I don't know, 12 or 13 holes. Dude, he bogeyed two or three of the last four. And like he missed four straight putts within 10 feet. That's four tough. straight. And they all like either hit the lip or, or, you know, just missed. And you could tell it wasn't his day. But I was so disappointed. But I will say that was such a fun golf tournament because at one point, dude, in the back nine on Sunday, the final six holes, you had nine people within one shot. That's pretty cool. That's nuts. That is That's when cool. golf gets the best. That's true. And then they got the the NFL combines going on, which we won't talk about too much because we'll probably wait till the draft to hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Richardson, though, is making some moves. Did you see this? I did. Well, so, he ran a what a four four, and then like his numbers are going off. They're they're thinking that he's probably in the top ten picks now. I mean, he's insane. He's very very talented. I don't know. Granted, you never know. Obviously, like yeah. these are still college kids, but he he plays kind of like a version of backyard football where he'll just make ridiculous plays, but then very bad decisions. And so it'll be interesting to see like if a team gets him to try to start right away, I don't know if he'll make it that well, but if they could get him as a backup for a few years, build that. Cause that jump from college to NFL is insane. And so, so like different. build the mental side of things. I mean, I think it'd be pretty awesome. So, so we'll I see. will, I will say to that though. Yeah. He had unbelievable combine numbers, but at the end of the day, like what does that truly mean? But also, in the latest mock draft, you know mm-hmm. who he's projected to go to? The Panthers? Carolina Panthers. Because I saw that. At number nine. I've seen it predicted the Panthers are going to trade up and go for like Will Levis or something like that. Well, I mean, the Panthers, they got a new coach. Yeah, we'll see. And I get, I, I guarantee Reich is so tired of these like quote unquote like bad quarterbacks. Like he had Matt, remember at Indianapolis, Matt Ryan. And obviously, Matt Ryan. But Anthony Richardson's not going to come in and be the good quarterback Correct. here, which is no, kind of my 100%. thought. With that. Like, I that's mean, what... I could be wrong. And if so, I will eat my words, but I would be very shocked. Dude, about the that. Panthers. So, I don't even want to talk about it. In hockey news, we're becoming hockey people. Yes. The Bruins were the fastest team to 100 points. They're the fastest team to 100 points in a season in NHL history, but they also just signed a big contract. David Pasternak. They signed the sixth richest contract in NHL history just like a couple days ago. It's kind of wild. It's nuts. So signed a big contract, which I was reading and I didn't realize this because I'm not a big hockey fan, but like they signed him to an eight-year $90 million contract and that's the sixth richest in NHL history. The the money between sports is wild. Yeah, isn't that nuts? Continuing with hockey, one of the biggest, the biggest Boston Bruins fan I know. Dude, Iceman might be fighting you That's on that true. one. That's yeah. true. He's a big Bruins fan. Um, but my friend Scott, man, he's passionate about hockey, uh, knows a lot about hockey, so he's going to give us a Stanley Cup prediction here of what's going on and uh, what do we think, and then maybe we'll add some commentary to the video. Fellas! Scott Morrill, thanks for having me on. I love his Big energy. fan of the show. <laughs> Even bigger Boston sports fan and an even bigger hockey fan. Uh, With the NHL trade deadline behind us, 
I know you guys mentioned you love the sport, you want to get on the wagon, you just didn't grow up watching it. That's all right. I'm here to tell you there has never been a better time to be a fan of the National Hockey League than right now. There were some big-name trades, some new faces and new places in the league is as skilled as it's ever been. Um, you know, we're about three-fourths away through the season. Playoffs is right around the corner. Uh, so with that, I just want to leave you with my Stanley Cup Finals predictions, mm. um, which would lead us to a Bruins-Stars matchup. Mm. And ultimately, I think this is the year of the Bruins. You know, we've shown it all season. Um, we've got the best goaltender in the league right now, the hottest goaltender in the league. Uh, and I think that this, this is the Bruins' year. I think the Bruins are going to beat the Dallas Stars in six games. Six games. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling for seven. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, interested to hear your predictions. Uh, great time to be a hockey fan. Um, but thanks for having me on again. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Love the show. Dude, Scott's energy. I love I, it. He's dude, getting me fired Scott up. Scott has, out of all my friends, I think Scott has some of the best energy, dude. Yeah, and you're like a pretty, you're pretty much a wet blanket. Like yes. you need to step it up. So dude, like be around Scott some more. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I like, I pee myself still. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Scott, thank you so much for joining the video, brother. Um, so I'm going to back his prediction. Brewing right? stars. So I have watched the NHL sparingly since we've kind of started talking about it a little bit. I'm kind of becoming a little bit more of an NHL fan. Um, I think the hurricanes look really good this year, but I think the Boston Bruins, with what's going on this season, I think they take it home. And I think they take it home in seven, though. I disagree with you, Scott. I think it's an electric game seven Dang. in Boston, and they take it home. Dude, I'm I'm starting to get swayed by all this Boston love. I but, know. but what if it's like the 98 Braves? Oh, mm. Chipper Joe. Fire team just can't can't finish. Yeah. I don't know. I just want to see what Iceman and Scott said about that. So we've got Iceman back again this week. Like I said in his introduction last week, he loves to sing the praises of unsung heroes. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? Let's do a little segment called Iceman's Unsung Heroes. Oh, I like this. This week's unsung hero is Marcin <laughs> Oleski. Marcin Oleski is a Polish soccer star. And by star, I don't mean somebody who does a ton of stuff on the field. No, he's a star because of what he has overcome. When Marcin Oleski was 23, he worked on a construction site where a machine fell and crushed his left leg causing him to need an amputation. Uh, he loved the game and found a way to battle back and ended up in this Polish amputee league where last November he scored a bicycle kick. This is what? unreal. So that's cool enough. It goes viral on the internet. And then on the, interwebs. Uh, the International Football Association, who I'm going to mispronounce because they don't deserve the recognition, uh, <laughs> nominates him for the Puskas Award, which is the goal of the year internationally with two guys, Dimitri Payet of France and Richarlison of Brazil. And then there's this Polish amputee. Well, last Monday the awards were announced and Marcino Leski won the award. Uh, not only did he inspire us all with the overhead kick uh, that just went flush into the back of the net, but come to find out, he still works construction. Here's to you, Marcin. You're this week's what? unsung hero. All right, Trey. That's such a cool story. That was a cool story. I haven't listened to it before. I wanted to throw it straight in and have the real reaction. That was what a story arc right there I from Iceman. I was see... on that emotional journey. We've got a let's pull the video right now. Yeah, pull it up. I have to see this this video. Like I feel like Iceman just walked me through an entire journey almost. Like I feel like we were at the bottom of a mountain and then now we're like overlooking some beautiful views. Oh, what? 
What? First of all, I got a lot of questions, but but number one, what a good goal. That is nuts. Dude, what? That is... That was a good one. And he still Ice works man. construction. Still works construction. That's so cool we got that award. Yeah. I guess it sounds like a legit award. Yeah. Sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> it sounds great. Thanks, Iceman. All right. So we are jumping into Florida Man because this is our first guest episode. Yes. So we're going to have a guest on the show. We'll tee it up right after this, but we're going to mix it up the little flow. Boop. So we have the Florida Man Challenge. You are... Five for four. Five for four. Amazing. Crazy how that happens. You've <laughs> only played four games and you have five wins? Yeah. Insane. I'm five and four. I have five wins, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... I almost want to lose it. Whew. I mean, that's pretty much the streak you're on right now. So, story number one. Drivers on I-95 in Miami were in for a surprise when they discovered that they were sharing the highway with a bicyclist. However, this just wasn't any normal Florida man riding a bike. This man was wearing hot pink socks, green sneakers, and nothing but a string for underwear, riding his bike backwards. We've this isn't the first time the man has been spotted nearly nude riding his bike on I-95, and Miami News has had to remind people that riding a bicycle on I-95 is illegal. Mm. Story number two. A small crowd began to gather on one of the side streets in Pine Hills, Orlando. Pedestrians were intrigued to discover a Florida man wearing nothing but a loincloth stuck suspended on a telephone cable over the street with police lights flashing below. The Florida man had attempted to evade police by ziplining across the telephone line to escape the building, but ended up stranding in the middle because the line was slack. The fire and rescue squad soon arrived and safely brought the man to the ground where he was detained by police. These, these dudes don't like wearing clothes. So the only thing, right? The only thing I can ever go off of in these stories is my gut, like yeah. the little red Corvette last week. So story one is more outlandish, right? So you thought because story one was more outlandish, I was going to pick story one as the... Fake. You're so confused oh. right now. <laughs> you have, your gut is not telling you anything. No, no, my gut I'm is... I'm dancing around in your head right now. So my gut is saying that uh, story wants more outlandish, okay? And it sounds like you made story one up. So uh, my initial thought of story two is true, but my gut tells me that it's reverse psychology and story one's true. That story one's true? Yeah. <laughs> it's true <laughs> story number one is true congratulations oh man reverse i got i knew i knew like you you were you were like he's gonna think that's too outlandish and go with the other so Dude, here's the thing i actually thought none of that this time i was like i'm just gonna come up with funny nice. stories nice yeah i mean they're both kind of outlandish they though. are i mean riding what did they say? Riding a uh, so that was a pole? direct quote from someone there. It was like was wearing a uh, pink socks, green sneakers, and nothing but a or nothing but a string for underwear. <laughs> At what point does that become appropriate? Uh, I don't. So he was he was out there before, uh, and I saw another person that replied to the video. Uh, oh, he's upgraded. He was riding forward. He's really leveled up. <laughs> 
so He's apparently mastered. there wasn't enough to ride forward like that. But so, like I said, well, first off, props. This is you're getting a big lead. Six for four. Six and four. You got a two game lead above two games above five hundred. That's solid. Let's That's solid. Go. So we've got an interview with one of my good friends from college. Yep. He is a producer for Barstool Sports, so has a lot of cool stories from Boston. that. Boston. It's to me a Boston interview. It's bad. We gotta I'm stop here. <laughs> you, you need to go. <laughs> it's too late. So we uh it is a longer interview, but it is an awesome conversation. So you should definitely stick around to the end. Uh but so without further ado, JP Hovey. Bang. All right, so we are here with J.P. Hovey. Lovey Hovey, J.P. Lovey Hovey. Hovey. How many times have you said that line? Too many, bro, and I used to, I used to hate it, and now I'm just like, I just got to own it. It's, it's the easiest point. thing for people to know. It is. I mean, I I, I go like full-on circular reasoning for it because I'm like, no, it's Hovey. No, it's it's not the one you think. It's Hovey. I'm like, no, 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 no it's not Hovey. It's Hovey, and I keep going. Like a dog the main reason tail. for that is that Joe refused to be my friend in college for the first couple of years. <laughs> Dude, it is kind of wild. Like, I was intimidated by you. I thought you were too cool, honestly. JP knew everyone. You no, like you man. could not go somewhere on campus, and it's a big school. It's like 30-something thousand people. You couldn't go anywhere without JP knowing at least three people. Mm. You know, you just it's always got to go to the same spots. So people, you got to go <laughs> to the same spots, but bring new people to those spots. They're like, "Dang man, how you know people here?" Better Dude, it's his play. I love it. Better. But it's kind of it's fun. Like we were friends in college. Like we hung out and all that. But I feel like we've gotten way closer since college, which is cool. Yeah, way closer. It's, like you said, we we were friends, but we were not in each other's inner circles. Right. Yes, I copped a wedding invite, but we were not. Nah, in each dude, other's. you were a lock wedding invite, but it was it was like the concentric circle. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I was not, it's like Joe and I were not doing into like podcasting or like videography and stuff like that. He was doing more music stuff. I was on the broadcast journalism train of just like local news type things. And what really brought Joe and I together is my love and passion for music. Mm -hmm. And a lot yeah. of people don't know, but I am a published artist. Yeah. yeah. You, you said we weren't like that type. We, we did make a song together though. That that's what that's what really strengthened the bond as we move forward. For anyone who wants to hear a good song right now, pause the episode. Hopefully you're in Spotify because you should be. Go on over, search Young, Wild and Free by ASG five. We're not gonna tell you where that name came from. But go ahead. Should, no, actually no. Should we go we, should we go there? We we can do that. Hold on. Should the intro be the song? Oh, my oh come on. What do you think no, about that? We're going to play it for the outro. Okay. You got to stick All around right. to the end of the episode. Joe it is not as confident in the song as I am. <laughs> I think we should open up the episode with the song. It's, it's, not, the, agree. it's not the best thing I've worked on in my life. I hit my first note, bro. The first note is what brings people in. Dude, I mean, your mom had to highlight to how, how just quality your vocal was. She just put okay. you on blast in front of all of her friends. We don't have to go there. That was fine. It's... It's probably no, still we can fresh. go there because we need to. My mom needs some retributions. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the correct word. We can process it together. Correctly. I have no idea. Big words scare me. You gotta tell everyone what happened with your mom there first, bro. So this, my mom is a, is a little savage on social media. She she's currently on Twitter and she'll be doing the same things to me. But in this <laughs> instance, I rewind. And she's got a following. Like, too. Let's put that out there. On Facebook, my mom has clout. 
So when she posts something, it means like a lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of moms that play pickleball in Greenville, South Carolina from like 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. are going to see it. <laughs> so it is a following. And uh, in third grade, I was in my chorus class. Everybody has to do chorus class, but I was trying to be like in the, the choir, I guess. And we're doing like singing, whatever. And the, the my teacher's Miss Abbott, I will name drop her because she she deserves ruined it. my life in my ruined you would my be music on a career. very different career path right now if it wasn't she for thought her. she thought she ruined my music career really it's just starting but she was like oh like I don't think this is gonna work out you have a talking voice and I mm. was like I was crushed dude I'm like nine years old like no I don't have a talking voice I'm supposed to be the next whoever was popular at that time Bruno Mars yeah Bruno Mars. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I told my parents and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, don't don't buy into that, blah, blah, blah. They never signed me up for singing lessons, if that says anything. But we released this banger of a song and my mom takes it, posts a link on Facebook and says, well, I guess his third grade uh, choir teacher was right. He does have a talking voice. I'm like, mom, where is the love Ooh. for your youngest son? Oh, that's brutal from the mama, too. I mean, at least she got some clicks for us, but still. Yeah, I mean, she did boost our streaming numbers. That I was our highest month. This. Yeah, I mean, it was our highest month, and we, we've been streamed in 27 countries. Mm. We're, we're now over 1,000 streams with Spotify, so no longer the less than. B big stats there. So yeah, what do you, I think it's on people's playlists. Yeah. So what do you think the ratio is between pickleball moms and other people on the listens? It's between Alan Jordan and pickleball people in Greenville, South Carolina. Literally, which is diverse. Oh. <laughs> That's important to know. That is important to know. But yeah, so we just, our love for music brought us together. And now we have are trying to tackle the podcast game. Which... I, I'm, I guess we, we said we were going to tell the story of where the name came from, so we have to follow through now. So, really, we had a an earlier bonding experience. Are we going to go oh, there? yeah, 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 yeah. ASG5 stands for Alvin S. Glenn 5, which, if you're from the South Carolina area, you would know stands for Alvin S. Glenn Penitentiary. We were in jail together. We were in jail together. Hold on. <laughs> we served. No We way. did time. We did push-ups together in jail. JP, JP got his life straight. He listened to a, a jail preacher. Yes. I had to go to a scared straight type program because of this instance. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Explain. We did some bad things, you know. Yeah, it was bad. Like too bad for the to, pod. What's that? Too bad for the pod. We'll, no, let, the, no, we'll we, let the listeners decide. That's true. You gotta listen the whole episode and then send us a message. So, you know, in Colombia there's a lot of robbery, there's a lot of homicides. And we got mixed in with a little bit of the wrong crowd. And we snuck into Williams-Brides football stadium and we're playing football. And ran on the field. Yeah, we, we ran on the field. And then they, somebody said, hey, what are y'all doing? So we ran. We ran. We got in the cars. We escaped. We're all chilling in the cars for who knows Way why. too long. Way too long. Next thing you know, squad pulls up. It At was least nine like, cop cars. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, like no, no joke. This like, is I, not it was exaggeration. Nine. I, it's burned in my mind forever. It was nine. Nine. And I have to tell this part because I was in the car with Tyler, our other friend. I guess, Joe, you were with Matt. Yeah, we were, it was four of us who were splitting two cars. Bro, Christian, the, these cops pull up 
And I'm telling Tyler, I'm like, bro, do not tell them what we were just doing. There is no, like that. I know that dude didn't see me. There is no proof. Yeah, no proof. And so it comes to our car first. So I'll okay. say that's so uh, like the cop walks up. It's USCPD. First of all, it's nine USCPD yeah. cars knocks on our uh, window and is like, Hey, what's going on? And so Matt was driving. He's like, you know, nothing much, you know, just out here taking a little study break. And he's like, Oh really? What you studying from? He's like some retail class and said that and he's like, okay. And it's kind of like, it was that walks over to y'all's car. And so <laughs> I'm tell I gave Tyler this whole pep talk. Do not tell them, bro. They have nothing on us. My heart is for sure bumping. Like I'm not some hardo dude that knows how to handle himself in these situations. But Tyler, this guy, he's like, I got you, bro. I got you. The officer comes over, he rolls down the window, he goes, uh, what do you guys what are you guys doing over here? Like, what are you getting into? Tyler just <laughs> Both hands on the wheel. I'll be completely honest with you, sir. We were just in the football stadium running around. And uh, I'm like, we? No, not we. Maybe you. Not but, me. dude. So then, like, we they, they get us all out of the cars. We're chilling. Like, it low-key looks like we're about to be fine and not get in trouble. Because they didn't handcuff us. We were just sitting talking to them for, it was like a couple hours, right? Yeah. And, wow. And then, like, the, the, the police chief or whoever shows, all of their bosses show up. And he's like, so what's going on? And they tell them the situation. All the cops are pretty cool. And then he goes, nah, like, let me go. Let me take a look around. Basically just looking for any kind of sign that says, like, no trespassing or whatever. Comes back, finds some BS sign that says, like, uh, if you're not, if you're in the football stadium from this time to this time, it's, it's like prohibited or whatever. So not even trespassing. It was unlawful entry. Into an enclosed premise after hours. Yeah. Oh, wow booked us back of the cop car mm. oh that's not even that's not i thought you were gonna say you got arrested for like possession or no, like, no, no, no. it was the dumbest so thing. you got you were like playing football on the football field without a football though we were throwing imaginary footballs <laughs> yeah i did I would, go for cut that part like, at I least would, 300 yards or yeah we went nuts maybe cut the part about the no football <laughs> at least make it sound cool like you can leave that in i need yeah. people to know we need people to know and so that's where the nine when the like bosses showed up that's when it got up to the nine cop cars so it didn't start out at nine it started out at like a normal like two but, but they they seriously arrested you guys for yeah just, we were just like chilling they're like all right y'all been cool but like you're still in the stadium so go ahead and put your hands up and put your like stand up and put your hands behind your back it was ridiculous yeah it was one of the most ridiculous things in my whole life and then we had to do like the uh we got out we stayed there the whole night some members of the of the four that we were with were crying. I will not say <laughs> names. It was not anybody that's in this room right now. I'll say that. And uh, we had breakfast there. Joe and I broke bread behind bars. Yeah, with the, oh, that's nice. The meal still remember it was a piece of bread that was microwaved. It was yes. very soggy and floppy. With Fire. what was it like oatmeal or cream of wheats or something like soupy that yeah. tasted like a blend of them and none of them at the same time and then like some eggs. I haven't had a breakfast that good since. <laughs> it was, I mean, <laughs> and I did when they when they give me my phone call. This is, I'm really starting to question my family. The more we talk about this, <laughs> I called everybody in my family. Nobody answered. It was late for sure, um, but then they left me out there in the phone call room and. I'm like chilling out there, pretty much just watching church, getting getting back right with the Lord. You needed to. And uh, the, these these guys are all still stuck behind bars. 
Yeah, so we're just, it was a while. We thought that they just forgot JP out there because we, we can see him across the room. He's just sitting there. They probably did forget In him. one of those stainless steel I was, chairs. I, I, I soon became a mole and I became the ops and ratted them out. <laughs> yeah. hey, look, let me out of here. I know Guys, some things. I, I can tell you exactly what these three are doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> and then to like round out the story, my favorite part is like in jail, there's like your court hearing essentially to get out. And so we go up and the judge is calling us up one at a time and ask us like a little bit different question to each one. And JP's up. <laughs> the judge looks at him, just like super serious moment. And is like, all right, well, like, what were you doing in there? She's trying to figure out if she should release us. And JP looks at her dead in the face and goes, I mean, I just had to catch my touchdown. <laughs> I she, she did not <laughs> find that funny. She did not think that was funny, though. That's because she didn't see the tape. If she would have seen the she tape, she would have put true. some respect she on my name. JP, remember, she would have seen the highlights. She would have seen the highlights. Yeah, but the the part that sticks out to me, we had to do pre-trial intervention. And it's just like some random class you got to put in a certain amount of hours. And they had like an inmate come in and talk to us, like scared straight almost. And so we're like sitting in line. Joe, were you there yeah, for that one? I feel yeah. it was for this and one. so we're just like sitting there and the guy's like walking up to each of us, like, you know, like telling us whatever. And he he finally gets to me and he I think he notices that like we're all together. He was like, you were the leader of this one, weren't you? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, no, like I actually wasn't. I was the the last one to join. And uh, he was like, look, man. He's like, so what did y'all do? I was like, we were throwing uh, football in the in williams Bryce Stadium. And he just looks at me, he goes, damn, that does suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it just moves on. I was like, this is hilarious. Oh man! I can't believe you guys got arrested for that. Yeah, we spent like, the night behind oh. bars. Spent the night in jail. Had to pay a decent amount of money, especially at the time. It felt like a lot of money. God, went to like a lawyer to get pre-trial intervention. And I have so screw that lawyer too. By the way, Dude, yeah, he did nothing. I have so many questions, but it can't handle the time. Yeah, I so. mean, I have like, like, what did your parents say? Like, yeah. what did the lawyer say? Like, why are we here? All that to say, though, you got to get on Spotify and listen to Young Wild and Free. Okay, at yeah, least yeah, make it yeah. through the first verse jp's part and then the first course and then go to the end because you got to know what happens with the girl yeah jp you gotta know what you gotta know what happens jp what you said about uh your buddy who was like hands on the wheel like <laughs> i swear we weren't doing it we were just in there it reminds me of one of my buddies we in senior high school we we got a couple keys for golf carts and yeah. we were all members of south hook country club which is not a big deal it's like a nine hole track like that's like 100 bucks a month to be a member there and we got like a couple keys after hours and we're doing just like like racing essentially. Right. And nobody knows us because they didn't have video. Like it was like 2013 and South Hill Country Club. Like they didn't have video. But my buddy, literally the president of the club cause, comes up to my buddy. He goes, I swear it was their idea. It wasn't my idea. And I'm like, dude, like this was a week later. Like no one, we were fine. And then, and then he tells the president. So we have like an intervention with like all of our families and it's like, Ah, I still talk about it to this day because it was just so, so funny. Yeah, the funny part is immediately, so like I told you, they left the car because Matt was like, yeah, I mean, we were just taking a study break, go to the other car, immediately come back and like, the guy in that car told us everything that happened. We knew you're in the stadium. We're like, what? That's You've been worst. gone like 30 seconds. How did this happen? Luckily for that guy, his wife is a lawyer, so he, well, he's, he's set yeah, now. He's set in case now. He gets into some trouble. You know what? He dream. probably told that story to get her to. Like, if I would have had you, babe, I wouldn't have been in that situation. Oh, man. Yeah. That, that is on the story for another time. Our, our friend Tyler and how he met his wife.
That is a good story. We got to bring him on. But so I want to jump in. Co- talking about college is fun, but you've had a cool career path since then. And so after college, you went to IMG Academy, right? Was that? I or, went was to stop. I went to Dallas first. Through two or three days after Joe's wedding. Oh, where right. there there was a, a rumor from his wife that I locked myself into the bathroom, which was not true. And not that true that it was a said, rumor. <laughs> behind that rumor, there may be video evidence, but it's not true. It's not true. It was probably one of those doors that didn't have a lock. Yeah, it was you know, it was, I'm with you, JP. It wasn't it was, JP's fault. Yeah. Thank you. It was the venue. The venue. But uh, so like two or three days after Joe's wedding, I moved to Dallas, did an internship with the Northern Texas PGA, which like sounds a lot cooler than it was. It was like a good experience, but definitely like a resume builder. And I moved there, was there for six months. And then I ended up at IMG and with PGA, I was mainly just working with like the youth golf tournaments, doing some photography and videography. Cause I still wasn't like at the level I needed to be in those skill sets. So it was like pretty good practice, but like golf's doing a better job now, but then it's just like a little too old fashioned for me and the creativity they were like wouldn't didn't really allow you to be as creative as I would have liked to be. And then I moved over to uh to IMG. I forget about that time in Texas for you. I'm curious though, I want to jump into IMG in a minute, but before that, that time obviously it wasn't the best fit with BGA, but were there a few takeaways that you had from that period? Dude, yeah. I mean I like if when you're about to leave school or when you're graduating school, I think it is so key to move away from like your hometown or even your college town to just like get uncomfortable. Cause I remember being in Dallas and Dallas is like a massive city and I've always loved Texas. So like new, like, Oh yeah, I would love to move to Texas, Florida, or like try out California. Mm-hmm. And so Texas, luckily enough, that was the first fit. And just like I was walking around downtown one day before you have, before I had any friends and it's just the city's massive and I'm just sitting there like man like what did I get myself into like this is horrible like all my friends are back home having fun with each other after school like everybody's in their entry-level job and I'm getting like a thousand dollars a month before tax Mm. and uh but you know like then you start to find yourself a little bit because you have to put yourself out there and you have to go make friends and making friends outside of college is way harder than making friends inside 100%. of college. That's right. And so you just learn so much about yourself and you get a boost of like self-confidence when you and, do move away and that's like the biggest takeaway. And especially like as I mentioned earlier, JP was pretty much famous in Columbia and knew someone everywhere. So it's a big Dude, jump. And and the, those cities are good too just cuz like I didn't meet anybody like uh business-wise that was super like massive or anything like i never ran into jerry jones but like in a city like dallas you are more likely to run into somebody and it's like a great networking city that's cool so So what you do to make some friends dude this is when i learned my my number one tactic of making friends as an adult ponzi schemes yes (laughs) are you guys interested in hearing tell (laughs) tell me tell me hit me no um dude so like i grew up playing soccer and soccer for sure like is a popular sport but it's definitely a sport where it's not like basketball where basketball is definitely more popular in america so if you grew up playing soccer you're probably better than most like strangers you could meet right so i would i looked up like a local park and uh i went to see like 
what people were doing, like what kind of sports they were playing. And I saw a group playing soccer and I counted to see if they had an even number and they had an odd number. So I knew going over there, I'm like, if they, if they deny me, these are some, there's some lies. I don't want to be friends with them. Some snakes. That's when I first learned the line, keep the grass low so you can see the snakes. That's, that's when I learned this, but I went over there and I'm like, Hey, do you guys need one more? Like clearly you need one more. Right. And they're like, yeah, for sure. And then you just jump in, you play and I'm like no beast at soccer, but I grew up playing. And mm -hmm. so if you're good at something, usually they're good. People are like a little more interested. And then they, they, this group of people actually had a rec league soccer team that they played on they were like hey do you want to join uh our our team i'm like yeah 1000 percent." and then just like that yeah you know i had eight or nine new friends that actually like all went to pretty much all went to university of georgia and i had like a couple mutual friends from my hometown that knew them oh that's crazy but it's just nuts so i've lived in like three different three or four different places and every single time to make friends i show up at either a soccer league or whatever and i'll if the league's going on, I pick the worst team and ask them like, Hey, do you guys need an extra? And then it's just, it makes it easier. That's a really good piece of advice. Though. Yeah. That's a great, it's, I wish I would have used that four years ago, JP. Cause for me, it was just Ponzi schemes and grocery stores. I feel like there's At a the story grocery behind store. that. You've said Ponzi score, uh, Ponzi schemes twice now. Yeah. Who hurts you? Yeah. Well, do we JP, need to dive into I your mean, hurt here? How long do we have? But, uh, yeah, so I moved to, I moved to Richmond. I'm in Wegmans, which is a grocery store right outside of Richmond. Bougie and, one. Yeah, bougie one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. flex. Yes. Yeah. Subtle flex. <laughs> Can't hide yeah. money. I made so much money at graduate college. Yeah. We're like nothing. But I was at Wegmans and uh, this guy comes up to me. I didn't have any friends at the time. And the guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, like you look cool. Like, what are you doing for work? And I tell him this and that. And then, so we arranged for coffee. And I'm like, cool. Like maybe, like, maybe we can be friends. And he goes, he starts talking to me about like, these books. And then how he makes 20 cents every toilet paper roll he sells. <laughs> and, then, and then at that point, I go, hold on, man. Like, what do you actually do? And he's like, well, like, I'm like the VP of sales for this company. And I'm like, oh, I know what you do. And so it was a funny story because I handed him the book back. He gave me a book. Like when we were at Wegmans, I think he just had like a book on hand. Gave me a book. I read like the first 10 pages. He goes, well, I'm going to need my book back now. And so I just gave him the book back. It was like, it was a pretty funny, like, you can get involved with Ponzi schemes easy. They pick you out of grocery stores. And, and there was no young people in my job. So it was like a small company and it was all like older people. And I knew one person. And so I, di I didn't know anything. I wish I would have joined a sports league or something. So the first six to 12 months were like just me and my buddy, Jacob, just hanging out. I joined after six months, after six months of roofing company, because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, it's it's a, such a great trade, but like, I just, I can't do this. So I went to a recruiting firm, just like recruited IT staffing, right? Pick up the phone and start dialing. And that's what the job was. And, but there's a lot of younger people in that job. Right. And they were like, literally same thing. They're like, hey, we're doing a wiffle ball league. Like you said, you played baseball in college. Like, do you want to play? Ooh. And I was like, absolutely. And so from that, you know, made two friends and made four friends and made six friends and like just kind of compounded from there. But a very similar story. I, I mean, it's kind of all about finding a similar interest and like you taking the first step because no one's going to reach out to the new kid. I'm like, hey, man, you want to play basketball today? It's like vice versa. It's like, hey, do you guys need an extra? Do you guys need one here? Back to yeah, JP's dude, advice. 
Yeah, no, it's key. And once you get through that first couple months of suck, like it's so worth it. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Was it a contract that you were on at the beginning or what led you from Texas to IMG? Uh, what was the first part? Was it contract? Were you just going to go for like a six month period? Or? To Texas? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It was like, you know, if they offered a job at the end of it, then you get it. And I interviewed for the job, didn't get it. Yikes. They're, they're a miss. Yeah, they're a miss. But um, live is where it's at. God, I wish, bro. I, <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah, I'm 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 on board with live. Me too. Yeah. Me too. But yeah, that was just like a six month thing, and then uh, after that, I went home. Like come come home right at Christmas, and was just kind of like looking for my next move. And that's when I ended up going to IMG. Like I was a swim coach in my neighborhood, and one of the families I was close with, her brother, shout out to the Millers, Geraldine Miller. Her brother was the lawyer for IMG. She was like, oh, I can put you in touch with, with my brother, John, and you can go down there. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, I'm trying to get into all this social media stuff. Like at this time, I'm still grinding hard on YouTube University, like trying to learn how to make the creative edits, like Justin King type edits. Yeah. And uh, I went down to IMG, met him. He introduced me to the marketing department at IMG. They didn't have any openings. Then he introduced me to the student life coordinator. And they had openings as like residential mentor. And I like love working with kids. And so he was like, yeah, you know, we were looking for people and you sound like you'd be a good fit. Just kind of sending your application and we could get this thing rolling. So I was like, dang, this is like crazy. Cause you know, sports fans, you're like IMG Academy. Yeah. This is it. This is like, yeah. the well, real quick. Of, can, for anyone who doesn't know, can you give like a 30 second snapshot of what IMG is? Yeah, so it's like it's a sports boarding school where either like the top athletes in the country all go to and these kids are on basically a college schedule. They show up, you either have morning or afternoon classes. If you're morning class, go to school from 8 to 11.30 or 12, then you do your sport the rest of the time and vice versa for the other. They have every single sport. They're getting volleyball. Um and I think once they have that, the only thing they'd be missing is like swimming. And I'm mm. sure they'll get that soon too. But it started out as like a tennis academy and was super famous. Like Andre Agassi and all of them uh, grew up going there. And then they got into football and baseball where like a lot of guys that are in the NBA and MLB and NFL, they it's all like, like a farm work. team for those like leagues. Yeah. It's like they have nicer, <laughs> nicer facilities than like a lot of D1 AA schools. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so I was going to save this for later, but is this where you started getting into tennis? It is. Because okay. I didn't really grow up like I like watched Federer and Nadal with my mom. And like that was like one of the best things ever. We would go play. But I didn't know much about other players until I got to IMG. That's awesome. Well, how would you describe that time? Was it, it was a year, right? That you were it was IMG? like a year and a half. Year and a half. And that's like probably where I started to figure out my, like where my path, where like I kind of wanted my path to go. Like I knew I wanted to work in sports, knew I wanted to do something with video. And then I had like kind of started to get the, the craft down a little bit. And so my whole plan going into it is like take this residential mentor job. Do your thing with the kids. It's a great networking place too, because on top of the best athletes, one, you never know who's going to make it and could be like, hey, 
mm. I, I want a videographer come with me to the league. Yep. And uh, that's like dream scenario. And but the other kids are like some of their parents are like some of the most successful people in the world, like billionaires type people. So the networking is just insane. And uh, I'm like, all right, so keep doing my video thing, connect with as many people as I can, and ultimately try to get into the social media department at IMG. Uh, IMG is, uh, it was like a lot harder than, it's a, it's not as nice as it looks like on the on the outside. Yeah. And just like with the way things are run, and it was like very challenging because, like I said, I love the kids and everything, but it was hard for me to kind of like, fill both cups of like my dream cup with the things I'm trying to accomplish and also like pour into these kids. Mm -hmm. But so I started doing a video for some of the kids like on the side because I'm just not having any luck getting into the social media department. And then my first like aha moment of like my little journey so far was all these like kids were freaking out about this tennis player that was coming to campus. They're like, Oh, JP, you should go video uh, this guy, Dennis Shapovalov. Like, he's the man. He's this. He's that. Like, it would be so sick. And these are all, like, 12-year-olds telling me this. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'll go out there for sure. Go out there, start videoing, taking some photos. Dennis comes up to me after. He's like, yo, would you mind uh, sending me some of these, like, clips and videos? I never have any content from practice or, like, barely even tournaments even. I'm like, yeah, for sure. What's the best way? Like, to get it to you he's like here just take my number text it to me whatever i go back over to the dorms and all the kids are like dude no way you talk to dennis <laughs> shapovalov i'm like yo what is going on like who who is this guy <laughs> and uh, i i hit a quick google search and i see that like he was 19 at the time and when he was 17 he beat nadal wow and, like that's what like propelled him he's canadian he beat him in montreal and before that, he was just like, he's a 17-year-old kid. Like, you know, he won Junior Wimbledon, but that was like his first big high-level pro tournament, and he beats Nadal. So wow. spring, what a way to hop on the scene, dude. Bro, springs onto the scene, and he's like a fun player to watch. And uh, so he was like number, I think he was like number 16 in the world at that time I met him. He's only 19. So um, in my head, I'm like, dang, like if this dude is the 19th best tennis or 16th best tennis player in the world. And he doesn't have any content. Like, what does that mean for everyone else? Mm. So then I'm like, I need to like start hammering this tennis path. So I start mingling with all the coaches, like seeing if I can help out at practice. Like, Hey, let me know what pros are coming to train. Like I'd love to come out and do some stuff for them. Like everybody wins. IMG wins. Cause when I give this stuff to Dennis, he's posting it. And all of his followers, all of his fans are like, dang, Dennis is at IMG. Why wouldn't I want to go to IMG? Mm. Yep. In my head, I'm like, this is marketing at its finest for you. Mm -hmm. And everybody's winning. The social media team like still wasn't biting. I'm just really? like, man. Yeah, dude. It was like, it was super frustrating. And tennis is like a big moneymaker sport for them. Because it's an expensive sport. Um, and it was what you said they started out as too, right? Exactly. Like it's what yeah. they're known for. And uh so like one of the coaches, Juan Matias, he's like the homie. He helped me out any chance he could, uh, giving me like some side gigs, introducing me to players. And I end up getting in touch with this guy, Max Eisenbud, who 
is now Dennis's agent. He wasn't even Dennis's agent at the time. I didn't even know that Dennis wasn't signed with IMG because IMG Academy, there's IMG Academy, there's IMG WME, which is now Endeavor. And okay. that is a sports agency. It, they, they like do everything. Yeah. And so Dennis wasn't signed with them yet. And I reach out. I'm just like looking up on LinkedIn, tennis agents. And I find Max Eisenbud. He's like the guy, right? He was Maria Sharapova's agent, which she was like one of the first players to like truly blow up outside of tennis and on tennis. And so like the guy knows his stuff. So I hit that little 30-day free trial premium LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> get my message to the top mm. of the inbox and wait and hope for the best. And uh, he like responds and he's like, I get pretty much gave him a whole little pitch in my LinkedIn message. He was like, JP, like, thanks for reaching out. Um, this sounds awesome. Like, this sounds what I've been, something like I've been looking into for the past however long. And I'm like, yo, what? And uh, we, like, go back and forth a little bit. I get on the phone with them. Super productive conversation. And uh, this was, like, all right when um, I get in touch with him as COVID is happening. Mm. And so he was like look like i love everything you're about but like you know the tour looks like it's going to be shutting down so i just don't know what we're going to have you know like in the immediate future you know i'm like no worries uh just like keep me in mind or whatever i'll stay in touch and like keep you posted on my on yeah. my story or whatever and so from there IMG, like I was just, it was taking too much of a mental toll on me. And like, I was just kind of struggling. Like, man, I'm sad at this place. Like these kids aren't being taken care of how they just like should be taken care of. And it's like taking a toll on me. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, I'm about to just, I'm about to bounce and move over to the East coast of Florida where, cause I'm like dead set on this tennis stuff. I'm like, this is, this is it. This is opportunity. And uh, on the East Coast, there's tons of academies. Chris Everett's Tennis Academy, Rick Macy, which is the guy that coached the Williams sisters when they were young. Like, mm. everyone's over there. IMG's headquarters for where, like, their agents, tennis agents are, is in Miami. And my, my aunt and uncle live in Weston, which is, like, 40 min 45 minutes north of Miami. And so I leave IMG, and I spend, like, another month or so in Sarasota, where I'm is like, this where you started Hovey Films? This is where I started Hovey Films, baby. That's right. Hovey. I just said Hovey then. You did. Look at that. It's okay. Yeah. Come on. But like Come I had on. saved up a bunch of money because of uh at IMG, you can live in the dorms and you get so you have free housing and you have free food. Oh. Yeah, so big time. So it's like college, but you're actually making money. Yeah, exactly. So I started Hovey Films. Mm. And I don't know what I, you know, I wasn't an entrepreneur like yourself. And <laughs> I, so I didn't really know what, what I was doing. I knew people needed the service, but like, as far as, you know, how much to, I, I should get paid and how much I needed and all that stuff, I was clueless. And, uh, for those who don't know, my current job is with Bustin' with the boys, which is hosted by Will Compton and Taylor Luan. This is the very first piece of where they slowly start to come into play yeah. without like me having any idea of who they are. So like my first ever true like client, if you will, I was like barely making any money, but this dude was uh, Matt Jones. He used to play running back for Florida 
and then for the Redskins for a little bit. And so he, well, he li- he's from Tampa. And one of my friends sent me an Instagram story. And he's like, hey, th- Matt is looking for a, uh, a videographer. You should mm. go up there. So I'm like, yeah, I- I'll hit him up. And so I DM'd him. And I didn't really have any, like, I had some IMG people on my page, but my page was not not that nice. Sure. And he was like, yeah, uh, for sure. Like, come up. We're working out this day. I just, I need tape to send to my agent so he can send to the coaches, like, so I can mm. come back. I'm like, dope. And then again, in my head, I'm like, dang, how many, like, guys like Matt are out there that need tape to send to coaches? Yeah. So I go up there for, like, traveling back from Sarasota to Tampa for, like, a month, probably two or three days a week, doing stuff with Matt. And Matt and Will played together in Washington. So that's their connection. I still had no idea who Will was at this point. Leave uh, Sarasota, move over to for Lerto Weston with my aunt and uncle when so I start going to all the tennis academies knocking on the door like hey JP owner of hubby films here's my <laughs> business card yeah come on and they're like yeah not interested I'm like god dang <laughs> um what the heck like why aren't you interested um and then uh like you know I had a couple people like nibble but just not near enough and um I'm surprised because there's there's so even like athletes like there's there's such a need for video, dude. It's and, and especially in those sports like we we get fed NFL and NBA stuff yeah, all the time, yeah, but like yeah. you do not see anything of tennis, mm-hmm. which is shot. I mean, because you're talking about I mean you're not talking about the '90s. Like you're saying like three years ago, the 16th ranked player in the world had no like no film, no video. He said I barely get anything from tournaments. Like the fact that that someone can be that good at tennis and still like not have these pieces, it's wild. That blows my mind. And that and that's exactly how I was feeling. I'm like, but these tennis who- academies are like because you obviously told the story. You're like, hey, I work with you know the 16th best player in the world. We did this and that and like, and they were just like, no, right? They're just like, uh, like you know, I don't know if that's something that we're interested in. I'm like. Dude, like what? Uh, like, you know, wow. and then I'm starting to think like, so, you know, how can I like fix my pit? Like, what am I doing wrong? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I also have no like true guidance in this period because no, like in my head, I'm thinking like somebody has to be doing this. Yeah, and it's like, tough when it's like a win-win everywhere, like legitimately and you're pitching it and it, it, it just seems like people aren't grasping it or they yeah, are and they right. don't want to do anything about it. You're like, I don't see where you lose in this situation. Yeah, change is so tough too. God, I see it, I mean, kind of side note, but I see it all the time. Like even yeah. if you have the better solution or the or the better product or the, the better service, like people are just so hesitant to change. And like, it sounds like tennis, right? It's like no one did it or no one, at the time did any type of video or production or anything for these tennis athletes. And, and, and that's why you had people like the executives or like the coaches be like, yeah, I don't, I don't really see a need for this because they've never done it. Right. And they're still making money. So they're in their head. They're like, I mean, tennis is a lucrative sport. Like, yeah. What do you mean? We're already making millions. It's like, well, mm. you can make 10 million. The tennis stuff wasn't hitting like I thought it would. Yeah. No pun intended. So then that was about the time, or I guess a little bit before we were all down there when Alan was doing rotations in Palm Springs. Yeah. So when we came down, you would switch and you started doing a little bit of boxing because you got us some some USA boxing swag. 
Oh, that's so, right. So yeah, how did that so, switch happen? Dude, the tennis stuff wasn't shaking out. And I was still in my aunt and uncle's and I was ready to bounce from my aunt and uncle's because I just like Weston's a little bit too far inland. And uh, I was like, I got to figure out some ways to make more money so I can go get a spot to rent or whatever. And uh, also like meet people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started like, you know, the tennis is one of the biggest sports in South Florida. MMA is probably and jujitsu like is probably the second biggest sport in South Florida, all oh, wow. excluding football and stuff. There's there's MMA gyms everywhere, and uh, I start knocking on MMA gyms, which is way more intimidating than knocking on tennis academies. Fair. You just walk in and people are just sparring and like just, just naked. Yeah, just naked, and uh, this is why I was attracted to the sport. <laughs> as he should be as everyone else who's an mma fan is yeah i mean like these guys their bodies are amazing and it's just like man what mm. do i need to do to be around that every day right right and uh i'll tell you what that you show up with a video camera but uh <laughs> they love I, it they eat it up i like i walk to like american top team and that's like where jorge masvidal trains and dustin poirier i like knock on Jeez. the door and they were like locked down from COVID still. And the dude, like the dude literally cracks the door. He's like, what can we help you with? I'm like, what is going on right now, man? And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm JP. I do like this video stuff for athletes, blah, blah, blah. I have my whole pitch going. He's like, yeah, let me go talk to the manager and see if he's interested. He like leaves for like 10 seconds, comes back. He's like, yeah, I don't think, I think we're good right now. Like you did not go talk to anybody. <laughs> That's well, like I'm not back, about to talk. Yeah. Back to playing soccer. And they're like, no, nah, we don't need another person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not about to like talk back to these people. Yeah. And, no, no, uh, no, go talk. Actually go. Go talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? Open this door. <laughs> Let me see Dustin Poirier right now. <laughs> and uh, Thomas' mom said hello. Yeah, and um, and then I go to where like, I look up the Black Zillions. It was like the Black Zillions versus Top Team was like a rivalry when I was first getting into MMA as a fan. So I'm like, all right, let me see where the Black Zillions train. And uh, I go to the gym that it says they're at, and I walk in, and it's basically like it was something's turned into like a lifetime fitness almost. I'm like, this just cannot be right. Then <laughs> I asked the front desk lady, I'm like, where do the, like, where's the MMA at in this gym? Like, are they still here? They're like, yeah, they're like down there to the back. I'm like, okay, cool. So I just walk down there and like slowly, like lights are getting more dim. <laughs> the hallway is dark. And I see like this Deerfield's fights, like fight sports sign. I'm like, yeah, hey, I mean, this is probably it. But <laughs> if I walk through that door, I might not walk back out. <laughs> and uh i walk in and it's like this tiny little room i introduce myself to this guy daniel mendez and he's like one of the coaches i'm like i'm looking for <laughs> i can't imagine what i sound like to them <laughs> like i was like is, you know is this the mma gym where like the black zillions train at or like what what are you what are you guys doing here and he was like a jujitsu coach and he used to like train a lot of those guys and he's like a super nice guy and I told him what I was into, and he was like, oh, that sounds awesome. Like, we would definitely be interested. Like, let me get your info. I'm like, oh, sweet. This is this is dope. And then so we, like, exchange info, and then he t- points me in the direction of, like, where I'm trying to get to. And I show up at this place. This is where Supreme Patty comes into play. 
I, I show up to Sanford MMA, which another Bussin' with the Boys connection without knowing Bussin' That's with the Boys. Cool. Michael Chandler trains at Sanford. So now we're at Matt Jones and Michael Chandler, two people that know Will. And That's I still wild. don't know. That's who, pretty wild, dude. Yeah. So I still don't know Will yet. And uh, I walk in and I see this, this, the smoothie guy who his name is Ray. Ray is now like one of my good friends. And. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? Like, I'm JP. I just moved here. Uh, like, you know, is this where the MMA guys train? Like, I'm a videographer, and I'm I'm trying to, like, get my feet wet and just, like, you know, do some work for these athletes. Yada, yada, yada. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, this is it. That sounds sick. Like, Ray's, like, the nicest guy ever. And super smart. Like, it was – I say he was a smoothie guy because that's what it was when I first walked in, but it was his business called Grip Fit Cafe, and, like, he's, like, a – I was really like he's a solid dude yeah and uh he's like you know they train at these times if you want to come back like i can introduce you to some of the dudes oh cool yeah and i'm like dude ray's the man well yeah i'll have a smoothie too while i'm here <laughs> and uh so i come back and he's like oh what's up jp what's up man i'm like what's up ray i'm like i'm about to become friends with this dude yeah. <laughs> what a story. and uh, he remembered my name and uh He's like, yeah, they're, they're probably about to be rolling in if you just want to chill up here. And uh, so guys are walking in, and Ray's like sort of letting some of them pass. I'm like, what, what's going on here? And then this one guy comes in, uh, Dustin Lampros, Scrappy. And Ray's like, hey, Scrappy, you got to meet JP. He's a videographer. He makes like sick, like Ray is gassing me up like we've been friends forever. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he remembers your name and then he starts gassing wow, you up. Wow, what, what a guy. good guy. Dude, the and best. And smoothies. Yeah, and the smoothies are fire. And, <laughs> shout uh, out Ray. Shout out to Ray. Who's actually sponsoring this podcast. And so he's like, yeah, you got to meet JP. Like, he's nice with the camera. This is what he does. Like, uh, you know, he's down to a film practice and like he'll cook you up a free video after this one right here i'm like perfect scrappy's like all about it he's like oh dude for sure like let me see your page and i guess i forgot to mention this part but as i was having trouble with mma stuff i took a trip back home to greenville and steven wonderboy thompson who's an mma guy he is from greenville and he's like you know i think he's number five welterweight in the world right now and so I start reaching out, see if we can find some mutual connections. We have one. And uh, they let me go to their gym and film him doing whatever. And Wonderboy is like the nicest dude in the world. Legit. Like JP's a big fan. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Wonderboy. Steven. Steven, Steven. Thompson. And uh, so I was able to get that like on my Instagram feed, which is big because he's a name in the in the game. And so I go back down. Scrappy sees that he's like, "Oh, dude, you did stuff with Wonder Boy." Like, yeah, come on. I'm like, let's go. My plan is working. You got Ray and you got Wonder Boy hyping you up. Let's go. Yeah, and uh, so going there with Scrappy, we start making some some videos. We start becoming friends, and he's young in the game, like trying to make it into the UFC. So we're kind of like in the same stage of life, just going towards two different things, mm -hmm. and uh, we become friends. And he's like, oh, bro, what are you doing after, like, the practice today? And I'm like, I mean, nothing. Like, probably just editing. He's like, dude, come uh, like, come chill at the, the house. Like, we can eat lunch and whatever. And so I go to the house, and Supreme Patty, who is, like, 
you know, and Instagram was like the one of the first people to ever go viral on Instagram. You remember him? Yeah. Yeah. Lemons squeezing the lemon in the eye. I like walk in and I see I see him in there. I'm like, yo, like what and Scrappy had told me that he was like friends with with Patty and everything, but I didn't really like, you know, I was just preoccupied with whatever. And uh walk in and see Patty, I'm like, this is like (laughs) this is insane. And uh, so then I start rolling with those guys, mainly with Scrappy, because Patty's out doing a bunch of stuff. But um, Scrappy introduced me to other dudes at the gym, Impa and Randy Costa, Evan Elder, all these dudes that were in the like have been in the UFC or are trying to get to the UFC. Mm -hmm. And they're all like, you know, paying me and whatnot. And like we're I'm like slowly starting to create some some momentum. And uh, also Max, the tennis agent at this point, we have fallen out of out of like touch with each other. Like just so, uh, this time went on and COVID. Yeah, and like, you know, I reached out a couple of times, but he's a busy dude. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he was nice just to even take the time with me in the beginning. So I was never expecting it. But tennis is just kind of like out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. And uh, then I, so I'm putting out all this MMA content and a guy, Brian Taylor from USA Boxing, messages me on facebook like hey i've seen your stuff uh we'd love to like bring you out to a tournament and see you know like if you'd be a good fit for us on some contract work type stuff i'm like yeah 1000 percent, i'll do it i'm like you it's usa boxing and uh so i start working with them get loaded up with some gear starting mm. to slowly stack names on on my resume and uh that was like a you know, I like got to a point where I was making enough money where I wasn't like dig, deeping in, digging into my savings. Basically, I was breaking even on yeah. everything, which was like a comparable feeling to moving to Dallas and like making friends. And yeah. next thing it's like, yo, like I really like I was able to come to this city. Now, I'm not saying like I'm not blowing my own head up. Obviously, so many people help me like, right. oh, yeah, do, sure. do all of these things. But just like knowing in your head like man i was able to go to a place where i had no connections and you know now i'm breaking even i'm not like just losing everything but it's these confidence boost over time you're like okay i can i can now do this and exactly yeah the cool thing is too is like you weren't getting a salary like you went out and and made that yourself right and there's a big difference between like something that you created yourself versus like just go going into work for ge Right or yeah. something like that. There's just such a major difference in that, and there's so much confidence that comes from that, where it's like, hey, if I can go out and value create, whether it's with benefits or or podcasting or video or like whatever it is, like if I can go and show value creation, like that's such a that's such a good feeling too. Dude, yeah, it's the best, and it's just like a it. There's no other way to like gain that confidence if without like taking any any risk or like if you're afraid of failure and all the rejections because obviously there's times when it sucks and like it just seems like everybody's telling you no and you're like man i like there i'm I'm not getting out of this but you just keep going you keep knocking on doors and like they say in all those speeches just like it all it takes is one yes and that's mm-hmm. legit all you need and there's a ton of people in the world so you can get that one yes if you just knock on enough doors and it's cool like what 
yes, you had a lot of people helping you, like you said there. But what's cool is you you kept knocking, you kept showing up to people. But the way you did it is still very you. you you're JP, and it's a way that people feel comfortable with. They like want to be your friend, and they trust you. And the more you do that over time, it's cool seeing how that works. Like, I appreciate you know, you, that. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So right now you're in Florida. Things are starting to take off. But it wasn't long before you switched and you you hopped on bussing, which we got a lot of talk about there. But what led you as you're starting to build momentum down there to to feel like it was time to to move? Well, so like I still wanted that, uh, like you know I was breaking even, but obviously you want to be building. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, like I do, I would like a a salary of some sort where, like some a little more stability. And so I'm UFC like some of the guys at the gym send me a job opening with the UFC. They're like, Hey, you should apply for this. Like I'll put in word for you, which is Mm. like one of the best feelings ever when people are willing to like, you know, put their name out there for you. Yeah. And it's just the importance like of character and doing things with the right intention. But, um, so I get that one. And then the same dude that sent me Matt Jones Instagram story mm-hmm. sends me Will Compton's Instagram story saying like, Hey, if we're looking for a videographer, tell him to swipe up. If you think they're one of the boys and uh, you know, like we're, we're trying to add one to the team. And so I'm like, all right, you know, like I'll apply for both of these in my head. I'm thinking I'll probably get the UFC one because actual fighters are like vouching for me and I have a connection. Yeah. And uh, the busting with the boys one, was unique because i went on their pages and i'm like yo like these these two are hilarious like i i can actually see myself as being one of the boys yeah and on the bus and whatever and it's nashville like nashville's a cool a cool city and my girlfriend who like we started dating during this time she lived in nashville yeah he mm. did so that would be a like you know it, you you gotta apply for it because ufc jobs in vegas and long distance sucks we were already doing long distance and vegas would be even tougher and uh so i start interviewing i get to i'm in the middle of my interview process supreme patty texts me and we never really talk like that like we we hung out when we were scrappy he texts me he's like yo what are you doing today and i'm like uh like i'm trying to finish up this thing up for the job application and there was like a video thing that was actually taking a long time he was like, oh, I got you. I want to see if you could come film me down at the gym. I'm about to get a workout. This is the first time. And, you know, Patty, that's like great exposure. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'll uh, I'll get in this. And uh, we he picks me up. We're cruising down. And we get to the gym. He's like, you ever been to this gym before? I'm like, no, nah, I haven't. He's like, oh, it's dope. We get there. He's on the phone. He's like, hey, uh, yo, we're here. Sure enough, around the corner, Antonio Brown walks out. And I'm like, I look at Pat, I'm like, yo, what, wait, 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 what? <laughs> and this was in 2020, uh, I guess. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. And so pre, like, all this crazy Pre-pool stuff that's incident. gone down with AB. And so I'm in there filming a workout for Antonio Brown and Supreme Patty. I'm like, this is just insane. Like, how the heck did we get here? And AB was, like, the nicest dude ever. Like, super oh, welcoming wow. to me. Bro, at the end of the workout, uh, Patty asked him, he's like, you got a bunch of the TB12 stuff in here? He was like, man, Tom is my guy. Like, you trying to FaceTime him? FaceTime's Tom Brady. 
He's like, Poe Nuggets. He's like, hey, Tom, I got Patty in here and his boy. I'm like, say JP. And uh, <laughs> he's like, you know, flips the camera around and sure enough, it's just like Tom Brady. I'm like, don't even know what to say. Just hit him with the, uh. it was just insane. I just remember hearing that. I'm like, that is the coolest text that I've seen that JP was just on a FaceTime with Tom Brady. That was the story in my head. I'm like, JP was just FaceTiming Tom Brady. Like, I kept going on and on. I'm like, Tom Brady and JP are boys now. Like, I just kept escalating it. That's so cool because from what I hear, man, I mean, in 2019, you had none of these connections. Zero, bro. Yeah, zero. And then from 2019... Uh, you know, end of 2020 or whenever this this thing happened, you go you go from no connections to all of a sudden we're on Facetime with Tom Brady. I mean, you know, like little little JP, if he could see it, is like freaking out. You know, like you're you're hanging out with an NFL player, basically like with famous people because you know when you're little you're like enamored by anybody like mm-hmm. that. So it's just like a cool. I like to think I always like keep that perspective like wow man like this is this is probably better than what I could have drawn up in my head when I was little dude I I'm sure that was probably was what was the first like kind of pinch me moment where you're like this like if little kid JP saw me right now um I think the first one dude I like a lot of it seems like it happened kind of fast Mm -hmm. so like definitely like meeting I would say Wonder Boy because he was like the first like super famous athlete that I worked with, but he is like the most normal, nicest guy ever. Yeah. So he like quickly made it like a very comfortable situation. And so I would say, honestly, it's like I've always been like grateful for any opportunity that's come my way and every single person that's helped me. But the one moment of pinch me, actually came this past fall when we went to South Carolina with busting with the boys Mm. because like when you're young you like you I'm a big South Carolina fan you dream of or at least me I always want to be on the field like during the game I thought anybody not get arrested and not get arrested I need to catch a touchdown without the police and with the football (laughs) and with the football but like you I, I look at anybody with a sideline pass or Anybody on the sideline, I'm like, man, when I'm young, like, I got to be down there. Like, what did they do to get down there? That's the sickest thing ever. And then this past year, we went to South Carolina, Tennessee game. Some of the guys at South Carolina's athletic department that I worked for while I was in school hooked it up. And they were like, hey, we got you guys some pregame passes. And so, like, walking out in in nighttime at Williams-Brice with my dad, Taylor Lewan, and our other guy, Jack McPherson, like walking through the thing and it's a sold out game nighttime. Like it's cold. It's like ultimate football weather. And I'm just like, yo, this is insane. And to like get to be able to share it with my dad too. That's really cool. cool. That's cool. Um, Cause you know, he he took me to my first Carolina game. And so, you know, you go from sitting wherever in the stands to now like him and I are both on the field taking in pregame and it's like, God, dude, this is this is a dream come true. That is so cool. So that that's that one. Um, I didn't know your dad was there. That makes it. I mean, I bet it was awesome anyway. Because spoiler alert, good game, everyone. And uh, yes, Spencer Rattler goes off. So that's got to be a moment there. And then having your dad there, being on the sideline. Yeah, just just so cool and so like full circle almost. But how I ended up getting there was I was 
with the UFC and busting with the boys interviewing, get to the last round of both interviews. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this can't be happening. Like, please God, just only give me one. So I don't have to make a decision. Uh huh. And so I'm in San Diego with USA boxing when I find out which one I get. I'd never been to San Diego and I've always dreamed of going to San Diego too. And, uh, I end up not getting the UFC job and I get the busting with the boys job. Mm. I, you know, I'm like, it, it was like a, a cool moment. Part of me is like a tad bum. Like, oh man, like, cause you at least, you, you like to feel wanted. You're mm -hmm. like, especially that's the one you thought you were going to get. Cause you had people exactly. vying for you. And so the craziest part about that. So I get that job, fly back to Florida and then pack my bag literally like in the next two days and drive to Nashville and start working. Um, in between there, I met Michael Chandler at the gym and told him I was interviewing with the boys. He's like, yeah, you know, just gave a classic Michael Chandler hype speech. Like what I look up to Michael Chandler a lot. Um, but go up to Nashville and Will and I, like we click pretty quickly and, uh, <laughs> I, we like are talking about, I was like, dude, I got to tell you, like I was in the job hunt for like the ufc as well like i made it to the final round of both and i ultimately didn't get the ufc one and he was like bro no way i was like what he goes i can tell you this now since like we know each other he's like but the uh the guy that you were in the final round with with us took uh a job with the ufc no what? way bro, i didn't know that both of these the ufc and busted with the boys wanted this guy and <laughs> And so he he got the UFC job and it was taking a while for them to finalize stuff. So that's why like there was this two week lull of like, yo, why is nobody talking to me? That's crazy. Yeah. So we both were in this final of both interviews and I was second option. Um, so how long have you been uh, for everyone listening with Busting the Boys? I've been with Busting the Boys since pretty much May of 2021. So this May will be two years. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, from a learning experience too. I mean, I imagine like that's been insane because oh, yeah. you're doing a lot of editing for them and a lot of production, right? Dude, yeah, pretty much most of it. And uh, you know, I didn't have any experience in any kind of podcasting prior to it, and I was really told that I would just be doing a lot of their like vlog type content, which I love. And then it slowly like turned into me learning the audio side, and then. Like, you know, getting used to trends and staying like live on Twitter mm -hmm. and just kind of like reading the internet. And it was the dude, like Alex Lagos was the guy that first, uh, like that brought me in. And he taught me so much about the whole game. And then Bloss, he taught me a lot about all the equipment setup and everything. And those two, like they, they helped out a bunch, but yeah, the learning curve was like insane. How do you stay on, I'm curious, how do you stay on the, like, uh, like a Twitter, Instagram or TikTok? And like, like you said, like you want to stay up to date with like what you post, but how do you not get sucked in? Like when, when does it go from like work to like pleasure or work to personal? So I think that is a little bit of like a misconception with, uh, like this, how this, how social media is viewed to me. I think it's maybe some of it's because I'm not like the social media guy for our team. But like I'm on there and it's pleasure always. Like if if I'm having fun on there and 
I'm having fun making the content, then I'm having fun after I post it and scrolling and replying back to people. And that's how Will and Taylor operate, which is why I learned from them, really. Like, Will has a blast on Twitter and has a blast on Instagram. He's so good on Twitter. So good. And if you're able to, like, capture that, that sweet spot, like, you don't get sick of it because you do, like, now I, like, look forward to getting on Twitter and scrolling and being like, all right, what nonsense is happening now? So it's just fun, like, all around. I feel like for me, too, I don't get, like, sucked into it as much, though. Like, it's yeah. it's pretty easy to, like, all right, I've been on it enough and, like, put it down because there are elements of it that I do for work all the time. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I'm on and I'm enjoying it. I'm living into that more. So the other piece of, the, of this, though, obviously you learned a lot, but you've met a lot of people since, since May 2021. Were there, like, if you had to list like maybe five people that you just surprised you in some way. Five that surprised me. Yeah. Like either they were just way cooler or you didn't yeah. expect to enjoy being around them that much. Or... Yeah. Or they were bad. Or oh, they yeah. Were or bad. I mean, I'd yeah. love to get a little clickbait of that. <laughs> Dude, that is a cool thing with uh, Will and Taylor. Like they're, and I wouldn't just say this, like, you know, like good people attract good people. And they like every single guest that comes on is like a dope person. Sometimes athletes can be like classic athletes where, you know, they're really only going to pay like more attention to Will and Taylor and not really worry about us. Mm -hmm. But I would say like the five Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> he, this isn't in any order, but yeah. like, cause there was like a, I'm not like a massive NASCAR fan, but everybody knows who he is. Right. So there's like that mystique of, Oh Plus man, the bus. Like, yeah, like yeah, his dad is literally the bus. Like the bus is a Dale bus. And <laughs> you know, like you you feel like you're like, dang, I'm like in the presence of a legend right now. Which is cool because there's not that many people out there, like icons of sports. That's true. Oh, that's true. Another one, Pat McAfee. Pat is just like I love Pat. Pat is the man. I like I liked him when he played. And being able to meet him was super dope because and that's one of the ones you're scared when they say like you don't want to meet your heroes. Yeah, Pat, I wouldn't call Pat like a hero, but I definitely like I'm a fan, and uh, he was everything I thought he was gonna be. And that's awesome. We were able to hit a little. Uh, you know, Will is all about hitting a punt set because he's arguably the greatest special teams player in the history of the NFL. And I was able to hit that long snap to Pat McAfee. And so, dude, just like, you know, because I, I kicked and punted in high school, so that's why I liked him so much, too. Yeah. And so hitting the long snap to him, I was low-key nervous. I'm like, God, JP, please put this thing right on the hip. <laughs> it was right there. Did you, I was did like, you though? It was oh, right there. It was on the hip? Come on, Come on. Joe. I don't even know why I asked. I knew that. Come on, Joe. Know. Man, his his show is just blowing up, too. Dude, his whole thing's inspiring. It is. I was just to a show the other day, and, and what I liked about it was he was actually talking to Gary Vee. Gary was on, on the show. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and he was just like, Pat McAfee like, almost refuses to talk negatively about other players, which I think is like a really cool thing. Like, it's yeah, dope, obviously, it's like, yeah, the Jets are going to lose, or like the Panthers aren't good this year. Like, yeah, like all this stuff, but like, he's not going to actually like, degrade someone like a lot of sports, sports anchors do, right? right? Which I think is a really cool thing. Nah, dude, yeah, Pat, the way Pat does it, I mean, he is like the standard of new media and it's just, he's so fun to watch and he's exactly what you see on 
TV, like when we met him and his whole team is awesome. Like, so he was a cool one. Um, another guy I kind of already mentioned him, Michael Chandler. I'm a big UFC fan and I like love everything Mike's about, like all of his motivation stuff. He's just like a, he's just a solid dude. And it's like very cool to see one of the most dangerous men on the planet and one of like the nicest, genuine down to earth people on the planet. Like, so that is dope. Dude, I feel like he even comes across that way listening. Like a lot of these people do, but every single episode I'd like tune into with Michael Chandler. Because dude, I'm like yeah. pumped to hear him again. Because yeah. I feel like he's such a genuine dude. And I don't even know him. Yeah. And he really is. Like he takes the time to talk with all of us. Like that, that was another crazy moment. I just randomly get a text one day from Michael Chandler on my phone. Like I saved his number. Will put me, him and me and him in a group chat. And so I'm like, I gotta save this number, like just <laughs> yeah, to have it. Yeah. And uh, and then you know I get a text from him one day. I'm like, yo, like no way, Michael Chandler just texts me. And uh, so Mike is like the best. He's cool. Uh, for another one of my top dudes, Rob Tunyon from the Packers, the tight end. Yo, Rob is like. Rob is the man. He is like the most, he's another one of the most genuine guys. Like, and he's just a stud. He seems like a stud. And I bodied him with a D's nuts joke and he took it well. So I have to. We, we're going to have to throw that in the show notes because that was an all time, all time reference that you had on him. That is, Christian, have you ever, do they have a, have you ever been to Room 40? No. Really? Room 40. He's never been to room 40. Oh, here we go. 40's room 40 is nuts in your mouth. How <laughs> you walked into that? <laughs> oh, that's oh. good. No, I go to 39 normally. That's. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, actually, I have been. <laughs> I frequent that location. Yeah, yeah. Oh, in Vegas, room 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Didn't know you guys had one in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then the fifth one. Oh, God. Um, Let's see. Oh, dude. It's like a toss-up between Darren Waller and Max Crosby. Raiders. Raiders, bro. Max is like, Max is the dude. We went to record a podcast at his house in Vegas. And, dude, we roll in. Max and Darren are both sober guys. So that's like a whole different level of like mindset and their discipline. Mm -hmm. is like really cool to hear. But, Matt, we show up to Max's house and – you know, he has like pizza and wings and all this stuff for the boys, like just to hang out. I'm like, dang, like that is a, a cool, just like a, a, a solid, like homie move. Um, and sure. Max's story is just awesome. Like, I don't know if anybody has, if either of y'all have heard it, but like, it's definitely one that's worth watching. And then Darren Waller saying his story is just like super powerful. And I'm sure I'm leaving off some of my other favorite people, but I just can't think of them at this, at Dude, this second. That's, and we limited to five, so yeah. that's fair. Yeah, uh, yeah. Darren Waller's episode on Bus and I remember he talked about John Mark Comer's Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which is pretty cool. I don't know if you've read Dude, it. Dude, that but, stuff is so sick. Yeah. Um, but so on the cover art, we've got a little C-Mac jersey, Christian McCaffrey. What was it like meeting him mm -hmm. the other week? Dude, C-Mac is dope because it's like uh, – you know, I mean, the, the NFL is dominated by the superior athletes, which most of them are black. And CMC literally is like the great white hope. And you, especially at the running back position, it's like, man, this dude is like, you're right. Like he's 
like a little bit shorter than me. He's bigger than I thought he was, honestly. Like I picture him being like a, a five eight, five nine dude, but he's like five eleven for sure. Yeah. And just like uh, hearing him talk about how he grew up with his dad, because you know his dad's a legend. Ed McCaffrey's like, yeah, he's a legend. And just hearing those stories, it was like, wow, this makes so much sense. Why you're so good? The and discipline. Like, Dude, the discipline is insane, and the chip on his shoulder, like, yeah, I just love hearing those guys, like, the discipline and the work they put in and their routine, and it's all, like, these common themes of the ultra-successful people. It is wild. Where, yeah. I mean, like, okay, for, for me, Jadavian Clowney, I don't want to, like, call any player out, but, like, to me, he's, like, one of those players with loads of talent, right? Yeah. And it just seemed like he didn't quite have that level of discipline. It still is, like, number one overall draft pick, but then in the league became – an average right. defensive lineman. And then you look at someone like Christian McCaffrey and you're like, you have this freakish athletic ability met with the incredible drive and discipline. And you don't, yeah. you don't get to the top off of one of those. Right. You know what I mean? Like you need no. all of it. And it's, it's kind of cool to see. I mean, he is freakishly athletic. Oh, dude. like the man, not only is he a great running back, but he, he could be a slot wide receiver. Like if he goes screw running back, I'm just gonna be a slot wide receiver. He well, could hundred percent do it. Well, his dad was a runner, or receiver. That's yeah. yeah. Well, do you hear, like, we had Fred Warner on, too. And Fred Warner, when you, like, we asked him his the top five players on the 49ers. And just the way, and Fred Warner is a freak athlete. Like, probably the best linebacker in the NFL. And he, when he mentions Christian, it's like, Christian, yeah, obviously, like, it's like an obviously. It's not even uh, a no like, it's Yeah, a like, no obviously Christian's up there. It's like, you got dudes like that saying it. It's like, yeah. It's, Dude, it's, how you feel right now? Yeah, about I feel Christian good. Like that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I didn't think my my name would be be mentioned the same sentence, but I feel good. It is amazing. <laughs> I look up, I look up to your game, Christian. Yeah, no, oh, I get that a lot, to be honest. Are we seeing year eleven playoff Willie? It's year ten point two. Oh, it's ten point two. I didn't know what we were calling it now. That's what. Well, I don't think it's official yet, but I think that's what we've decided on instead of year eleven. Year ten point two because Taylor is also in year ten, so oh, it just so makes he, it better. He needs for one you. leg up, right? Now, now say they both sign to teams. Well, let's say this. Yeah, say they both sign to teams. Will will quickly jump ship to year eleven and leave Taylor at year ten, for sure. As he should. As he should. Yeah, you have to. Well, what if uh, Will's at an XFL team and Taylor's at an NFL team? I think the same same rules apply, <laughs> right? Still year eleven, still year eleven. Oh man, I feel like I could just keep asking you questions about this forever. But like I said at the beginning, you're gonna be a recurring guest, whether you know it or not. So I'm in. I'm in on the recurring guest. Well, this has been fun, dude. We have a draft today. You're mm -hmm. a brainchild right here, so you, only fair that you tee it up. This week's draft. I'm super excited for it is the best ways to say goodbye. What at a party or goodbye to your boys? Let's do let's do party. Let's do a party. Yeah, yeah let's right. do a party. I and have then. deferred my first pick. <laughs> You've chosen to kick. All right. Yeah, I have so chosen to kick. Uh, yeah, I guess it's to me since it's the even episode. Yeah, got it, Joe. You got it. I I'm gonna kick it off with the Irish goodbye. Just piecing oh, without saying yeah, a word. Fair enough. The Took ninja mine. disappearing. The ninja man. disappearing. Yeah, I knew you were going to take take that too. Hate it for you. you. Took cereal. So I'm going to 
<laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, this is what I do a lot. I compliment the person and then leave. Okay. So I go, dude, like, honestly, love your, we got to head out, but like, love the outfit tonight. Or do you do like a, hey, nice talking voice. See you later. <laughs> Bro, that is, that, Christian, that's a pro move. I think I might need to add that to my bag. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, cause yeah, especially if it's one of your boys and like you're somewhere and they really don't want you to go, right? Or something like that. You're like, dude, like gotta head out. But honestly, like the way you talk to Cindy, like I was like blown away. Like it was unbelievable. Dude, yes, God. That's because you know they're just feeling so great yeah, after that. Exactly. They're like, man, I love lead. Christian. I love Christian. So, all right. My number one is this is like super rare when you're able to achieve this because it happens in the flow of a party. And the flow is not always there, but when it when it does happen, it is the best way to exit. It is when you're addressing the group there's already some back and forth and you're able to land a joke that makes everybody laugh mm. and then you then you dip out that's a, it's a mic drop the crowds it is it's rare it is rare <laughs> but that is that is the best way to go out of any situation you say a joke and the, then you're like all right guys that's the flip side of it you leave someone feeling really good about themselves jp's leaving feeling like a total boss right there. that's true and you yeah. leave the room feeling well. Yeah, yeah. they're all good vibes. They're laughing, you're like, and you're in cloud I'm nine. Good. Yeah, hey, you do. You <laughs> feel nice. I can't lie. I was leaving Sinton's house, and her roommates were there with their boyfriends, and we were going back and forth on something. And as I was walking out, I hit the one last line. They laughed. We walk out as they're laughing, and I just look over to sit and I go, "I'm on. I, I go. I'm on fire right now." And uh, Dude, that's how it's done. That's how it's done. But you don't stop smiling until you're like almost home. If right. then it's just cheese in the whole way. That's good. Yes. Dang. I can't compete with that from second. That's pick. a good one. I like that one a lot. Uh I didn't know we were bringing the whole scenarios into this. I was thinking mm -hmm. about even just phrases for it. Yeah, you can do phrases. All right, mine's gonna be yeah. I love a classic later nerds. Y'all try to make people feel better. I just oh. immediately dem demean I like them to and just then trash leave. people. <laughs> One of my buddies, for no reason, all the time, he goes, Suck it, nerd. He's <laughs> great. <laughs> just randomly, it could be anything. Yeah, that is funny. I like that, Joe. I like that. Um, my, my second favorite is uh, Gotta Take Care of the Dog. Oh, you know what the, the, the best part is? I don't have a dog. And they all know it. <laughs> God, but my I love girlfriend Christian's does sometimes, moves. and so and sometimes I'm like, "Hey, get, you know, gotta take care of dog. You know how it is." And I'm like, "All right." They're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love Christian's moves. <laughs> oh, my second pick is the. the I, I still like act it out more than I can say it, but you know, like you hit this dap, but you then you take away and you hit the hug. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. So whatever this is called. That that's what I'm on. What do you say though when you do that? To I almost just I almost just gave away my third pick. <laughs> uh, what you say is basically just like honestly. To if you depending on who it is, I love you, man. Yeah, <laughs> and then bounce. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. That's fair. Okay, this is a new one for me. This oh. is something I've adapted from my four and a half year old niece. Ah. She, uh, we like FaceTime her pretty much all the time. 
And she went through a phase where she didn't know how to say bye, like pronounce bye. So she'd say, boy, boy. And so now I started this thing where I just start yelling, boy, boy. <laughs> and then I just leave. You just yell Hold until on. they stop yelling back and then leave. It's it's a, as, like Caitlin, that's how I leave. It's not a party as much, but like I'll do it to like my close buddies and Caitlin. Play yeah, at there. a party would be hilarious. It would. I mean, like, I feel like it would. I got to just try it out there at this point. So it's just like, all right boy and then they say like bye and then you like say bye back and then like it keeps escalating no you just keep like getting louder and louder and then you just like hang up the phone or just like walk out the door it's just like a total chaos way of leaving a room so like i'd be like boy and you're like all right see ya i'm like boy and then you're like wait you just said bye and then you're a little confused and i just say boy again and then i yell boy at you. so you you throw a grenade of confusion. it's a grenade of confusion and then you're like well, <laughs> what just happened and you just leave <laughs> So, so it's like the uh like did just you, try it. Do you, you gotta remember try middle it. school when you had, like did the penis game? Like, yes. Oh yeah, and mid, then it was like, well, middle school. It was like, <laughs> I haven't played it since middle school. <laughs> Yo, that is a that hilarious like, comparison. Penis. We had a friend in college <laughs> who would play it. I don't know if you even know this story. Um, they would play it all the time and she got a voice message of it and opened it in one of the three hundred person <laughs> lecture halls. Yo, that is awesome. Who was That's it? Right. Yeah, that's it. That's even funnier. Yeah. My, I'd say my to round it out. Mine's bodily functions. Like you just rip one and leave. <laughs> so I'll go. I'll go, dude. If I stay any longer, I'm gonna throw up. That's wild. <laughs> bodily functions, bro. Oh my gosh. I just imagine just letting one rip and bouncing, <laughs> and shutting the Which door to make that? sure the smell stays. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, there was one time. I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but there was one time where I had uh, a lot of um, cauliflower before this party. And uh well, just, what were you doing eating a lot of cauliflower? <laughs> is this your snack? Is it Who dry? Eats a oh, lot no, of cauliflower. No, we had dinner. One of my buddies made dinner for like there's a few of us, and he go, it was like healthy because there's like a health kick. There's like salmon, broccoli, and cauliflower, and he made extra cauliflower. And so I was hungry. I'm salmon, you know, it's it's not a, a filling dinner, really. So I had extra cauliflower. And that day, man, I tell you what, it, it it was almost like it was almost like something went inside of me and just died. The cauliflower, man. Dude, who knew? That is funny. Bodily functions. Yes. I I I, I like that. I personally would fart. Um my third one is one of my favorite things that guys do, it's like one of my favorite just dude things. And it's the the way when we say goodbye to, to each other by just being like, all right, Joe. And then you say, all right, JP. <laughs> it's so, understood. That's it. All you have to say is all right. You're not even saying bye, but you say all right with the right tone. People know you're leaving. And Dude, I love good, that subtle, gold. that subtleness of it. Like, all right, Christian. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> and it's not even an Irish goodbye. No. <laughs> it's just all right. I love so that, that is my third pick. That's a good one. I thought about an honorable mention to just see ya. <laughs> like, just keep it classic. Yeah, I mean, that is yeah. a classic. Or, or like the guy to wake up early. But then, boy. Yeah. Yes. Boy. <laughs> I, I want to see a video of that. Dude, I, I just, you got to try that once. So just, you just randomly just, start yelling. Just like, no, like try it with someone that you can give a little context on. And then you're just like, boy, boy, boy. And then you just hang up the phone. It's fun. You gotta take I'll my word it. for it. Yeah, you gotta I'll take my it. word for I'll it. I'll try yeah, anything. We, we, once. we can give it a try. We can give it a try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can, and then you can roast me afterwards. <laughs> They're like, Christian, are you are you stuck? Oh man. Well, dude, this has been so fun. Thanks, thanks for coming on and 
I'm looking forward to the next time. Yeah, JP, nice to officially meet you, man. I've heard a lot of uh, interesting stories from Joe. So it's... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, next, well, time. next time I might have to uh, come in person. Ooh. Got to, dude. No pause. We, we've got a should seat we, right there hold waiting on, for you. Hold, should we take the pod to Nash? Bill. Yes. Or maybe you dude. maybe you, you let the viewers decide. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, like yeah. Like Leave that. a comment right yeah. now if you're watching the YouTube. Comment, yeah. should we go to Nashville? And while you're, while you're commenting, <laughs> press subscribe and like. Dude, well, speaking of YouTube, the last thing I wanted to ask you is you've started some some tennis reaction videos. Yes. And so where can people engage with your awesome content? People can engage with my content at my YouTube channel that right now is self-titled, JP Hovey. Mm. And then Twitter, where I'm most active, at jhovey34. Instagram, at jhovey34. And if you're trying to hop on AIM, jph1au at aim.com. Add me. You got to hit that up. I might. I wrote that down. Add me on AIM. I love <laughs> it. Well, thanks, dude. All That's right, great. Boys, All right. Peace. Okay. Yeah, man. She left after high school. I've been missing her ever since. Start of summer. I was 18. One last shot to live my tea. Young water.